Ugh. Right. Another episode of Chat and Schmidt. Here we go again. Um, new guest this time, Patrick Marnie, all the way from Theodore. Great mate. Great bloke. Welcome, Pat. Hey, Schmidt. Nice to be here, mate. Oh. So, what are we going to talk about today? Now, Pat, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, so I've been growing up at Theodore, uh, moved to Garanda when I was about five or six, which is my new property, and uh, been there from then on, and uh, now I've been here in Mars College Ashgrove for the last four or so years. Oh, yeah, so you've been boarding since grade seven? Yeah, that's right. Gee, that's a long time in prison, isn't it, mate? <laughs> no, it's not that bad. Um, so Garanda, can you explain to us what Garanda is? Yeah, so Garanda's my cattle station um, out near Theodore, which is about six and a half hours northwest. Um, and we have a bit of crops on Garanda. Um, all up, it's about 23,000 acres. Um, but yeah, really good country out there. It's a, it's a Santa Gertrudis bull stud, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So we have a annual sale, which has 100 Santa Gertrudis bulls. And, um, yeah, we just sell them for breeding and, yeah, so others can get our mob into their herd. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've actually bought bulls off you before. Um, so I've got here in my notes that you actually grew up in France. Is that correct? Well, yeah, so... I was born here, um, or I actually went, I was born in Theodore, and then, yeah, for two years, when I was about four and five, we lived over in France. Um, so we kind of just travelled around Europe in that time, went to like Switzerland, um, yeah, went to France a fair bit, and Germany actually, um, just went snow skiing and just saw walls around there. Oh, Switzerland, yeah, I've... My, my heritage is from Switzerland. I really want to go there one day. We might have to take me back to your, your old punching grounds, your stomping grounds. Um, what was it like living in France? Well, I was actually, it was quite a while ago, so I don't remember all the details, but um, I love, I know I love skiing there, and um, I actually went to school there for a bit. Um, and when it snowed, it was really fun because you made little snowmen. Oh, yeah. Um, did you speak French once upon a time? I guess if you, when you're younger, apparently you pick up languages quick, uh, faster. Did you, were you once fluent in French? Yeah, so it was actually really strange. Um, my parents took a long time to develop the language, but I think it only took us a couple of weeks to, and then we spoke it fluently to our mates and stuff. And yeah, it was pretty interesting. Us, as in you and your siblings? Yeah, so, um, we're all around the same age. My older sister was about... Um, nine-ish, I'm guessing, and my youngest was only about three. So, um, yeah, we all pretty much picked it up pretty easily. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good to know. And so, oh, obviously you don't don't remember heaps, but, like, you don't have... Um, are you still fluent in French or have you lost that? Well, no, because as soon as we came back, I just... We just never spoke it, not at the table or anything, so... Yeah, I just never spoke it. Just lost it pretty quickly after that, hey? Yeah, so we just came... But my dad actually tried keeping keep me going. Um, he speaks a bit, but now I can really say his bonjour and we oui, and all. <laughs> you know, 
the, the usual, even I can say that. I'd actually be really interested, well, I was planning on going over to Europe after school, doing a gap year. Would would you be interested in something like that? Yeah, I was actually planning that, so... Ah, great minds think alike. <laughs> I guess so. No, well, so we've actually had a lot of um, European workers come and work for us. Um, we love overseas backpackers. And um, so we've built a lot of relationships overseas, and I was really hoping um, if this COVID went away, which it doesn't look like it will. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, oh, yeah, I was really hoping to get over there, um, but it doesn't look like we can at the moment. And what were you hoping to do over there? Because I know I was just planning on working in bars in Portugal or Spain or England. What, are you, what were you hoping to do? Well, yeah, so I've got a couple of mates over in England, and... Um, They've got a couple of properties, and so I was going to work there for a bit, see the place, yeah, maybe go to a couple of bars and stuff with them. Um, yeah, come visit my, my tavern, or <laughs> get you some discounts. Yeah, no, and just hoping to see the place. Yeah, uh, we, are there properties cattle, or what are they doing over there? Um, I know a couple of them have dairy properties, and I think the others are kind of more hobby farmers or... Um, horse, they have a lot of horse over there, so... Oh, yeah, I guess land isn't as uh, widely and easily available as it is in Australia. Um, so, okay, so that's a bit after after school. Uh, what are you hoping to do? You uh, Are you hoping to go to university? Yeah, so I think I'm going to take a gap year and then maybe go to university, maybe do um, agricultural business. Um, I don't know where yet, and I guess I'll just see where it takes me. Oh yeah, ag business. My uh, previous guest, Ethan Chumalili, actually was thinking of doing something like that as well at Gatton Campus UQ. Is that looking like an option? Well, it definitely is an option. Or um, that university um, down in Armadale, it's... Um, oh, New university England. of New England? Yeah, that's the one. Um, I've heard that one's pretty good. Um, good facilities. So there's potential there then. So, Schmidt, enough about me. What about you? What are you hoping to do? You want to go to uni or... Oh, yeah, what? oh how nice of you to ask. Um, yeah, I was... Oh, you know, um, family of teachers, brothers doing teaching. I've always kind of admired teachers. I might... I was thinking oh. of maybe doing education at, you know, uni, um, probably UQ or something. But if not that, I was actually looking at... Uh, joining the military, going to ADFA, doing a degree through them, and then and coming out as an officer. But that's that's oh, what seven years of commitment, you know. You, you got to do so you so you do with like a three year degree, and then you come out. You got to well to pay that off. You got to serve that plus one. But like there's heaps of benefits. So I'm really I'm really weighing it up. Like I think you get free dental, free whatnot, free medical and stuff like that. Like it saves you a lot of money, but it's also you know, a bit of a commitment, uh, increasing global tensions that we see on the news every day, like in Afghanistan with the Taliban and whatnot. Like, you never know what you could be getting yourself into kind of thing, don't you reckon? Yeah, that sounds like the positive definitely outweighs the negative there. Um, so what actually got you into wanting to join the military? Uh, yeah, just just uh, looking at the benefits kind of. Oh, well, there was like a, there was a career info day we had here at Morris like a couple terms ago. And I spoke to the bloke there and he was, you know, doing his job, promoting it to me. But I also had an uh, uncle that was actually very high up in the Air Force. His, oh, his rank, I forget, oh no, it was called Air Com Commodore. 
so that something high. He was like meeting the prime ministers of countries and stuff, but he got he got retired out. But I got a few family members and like boys in the dorm. Some boys like Donny and your brother. Your brother isn't he doing a gap year in the army or something? Wasn't he planning on it? Uh, well, he definitely was. But the more he thinks about it and tries getting into it, it's just apparently really hard to get into it. So. As in getting to actually committing to the army or into the gap year? No, into the gap year. Apparently that's so much harder than getting into the army. Because you can get into the army when you're 16, but you can only do the gap year program when you're 18. Yeah, so. Oh, right. I was thinking about a gap year, yeah. But like, mm, it's either do a gap year in the army or do a gap year over in Europe if, if we all get vaccinated and whatnot. So then is Chris probably looking to kind of go back work at Garanda for a little bit or what's the deal there? So I think at the moment um, he d- he does like Garanda. He likes working there at the moment. And, um, well, actually, I know your your grandparents have been buying off us for a long time now. We have, yes, that's, that's true. Uh, to our, well, actually, check, check the uh, app. I got six listen listens. So uh, to our six listeners currently, um, yeah, I've actually been out to Garanda, seen it for myself twice. Uh, it's quite quite the experience. We've got some good photos, good memories from the times. Great place, swimming in the uh, Dawson River that runs through. But, uh, yeah, so what were you saying about Chris? Yeah, so he, I think he wants to keep working on Garanda for a little bit, um, just work on the property. And then from there, I think he'll roughly have an idea of where he wants to go, um, what he wants to do, and then, yeah, hopefully he'll see. Um, that's great. So would you uh, maybe consider going back, working at, at Garanda for maybe a year or something while you get your life sorted out, or either... If you got if you got the opportunity, we go straight to Europe or uni. Well, yeah, I definitely think I should take a gap year, um, go travelling somewhere at least. Um, but then, I wouldn't mind going back to Granada, having a little, um, little time there, just working. But I would really like to go out and work on another property just to see how it is. Yeah, you really just got to go see the world, to be honest. Like. So many different cultures and whatnot. It's, it's eye-opening. I remember my parents took myself and my brothers to Vietnam in 2017, uh, one of the few communist countries left in the world. It's just amazing, like, the yeah, the differences in, in culture and stuff. Like, we and Hanoi, the capital of Vietnam, we stayed there in, like, the, what they call the old, the old quarter. So we just staying with all the locals, you know. It's just really good to, to kind of get your... Get your Get, get some culture about you, you know, go and travel. Whether whether you go Europe or Asia, I mean, I know Southeast Asia is cheap to travel, but it would just be great. I'm with you there. Go, if you can, if, if we can, we will be hitting up, hitting up you, you know, just just kind of embracing the whole thing. And, like, there's obviously backpacking's fun. I remember a mate of mine in grade four, his uh, parents ran a big feedlot, so he was away from home, and he always had these... Uh, like European nannies, like looking after him. Like there was one from Netherlands, one from France. I remember we'd and we'd go out and we'd go tubing with them, show them, <laughs> show them a bit of a bit of Aussie culture. But uh, is it, that's even an option there. Like I was looking at it a little while ago. Go and be a nanny for some rich, wealthy, old money English family. Get taken on all the. I remember uh, Mum was telling me about her friend. She she was a nanny in like I don't know the eighties or something for for the family that owned 
Twining's Tea. You know that? That company? Um, I don't actually know. But oh, yeah. well, I don't know if they own Twining's. Or, no, no, they didn't own Twining's. They owned um, some store, like some convenience store in like a chain. And they'd always take her along on their holidays, like at all expenses paid. Just And she could just look after the kids and go to the Swiss house and whatnot, where, wherever they were going. It's just, you know, you get, get put with a good family and then you're made. But uh, hopefully... Don't even have to do that. I might make a bit of moolah off this podcast right now, hey? Off my six six loyal listeners out there. Shout out to all of you. <laughs> oh, there's an announcement over the speakers for dinner time. Ah, you know, Pat, what's your favourite meal here in boarding? Oh, geez, you're getting me hungry. No, um, well, actually, in boarding, um, they, I know it's really unhealthy, but I love their hot dogs. Every now and then, they do some good hot dogs. But oh, uh, hot dogs. <laughs> Um, they're there. They're they're always good. The the on the rare occasion we get them. Uh, yeah, they're the, yeah. But like, what about what about dinner? <laughs> well, oh, uh, see, dinner they don't have a large variety. But I love the um Tuesday steak nights and yeah, chips. That's a classic. We all love steak night. Oh, last night, what a what a wonderful night that was. But yeah, I've noticed a problem seeing as we go to dinner last because we're in Terence. How they're always running out of dinner rolls, you know. Only and the little kids always take the golden gay times. Ah, oh, it's a bloody, it's a travesty, don't you think? Honestly, like <laughs> I was, I was lining up that whole time last night, and I got to the end of the line, no dinner rolls. Went up to the ice cream, no ice cream. All there was was chalk chip cookies. The the trials and tribulations we face here as as boarders at a beautiful school, you know, bah, it's just shocking, isn't it? <laughs> Um, ah, well, we may as well go to dinner then, Pat. Um, that might, might have to conclude our episode of Chat and Schmidt. Uh, if anyone's still listening thus, thus far, thank you again for listening and, uh, hope you have enjoyed this instalment of Chat and Schmidt. Pat, thanks for coming along, mate. Thank you, Schmitty. All right. <laughs>